0: Welcome to the Spirit World, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now, your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly.
1: Well, hello there, and welcome to The Spirit World. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host, religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you. We are inviting you to call in today because we have Libby and Carol at the phones. They're waiting to answer your call. We're talking about Our Lady's role in spiritual warfare, Mary's role in spiritual warfare under specific titles of Our Lady. Very interesting angle.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, so Adam, this is how it rolls for our New Spirit World listeners. We are a live call-in show. We're heard on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're so happy uh, about that. So that means that we will be getting calls from all around the world. And here is the number, because Libby and Carol, they are ready. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Two four, and hopefully you can hear us in a in a crystal clear way, and that's because of our wonderful producer Tim Mott. He's got and uh, he's in control of everything at the board, so that's wonderful, and everybody's in place. And Adam, you're going to begin with an understanding of our our Lady and her specific titles and her role in spiritual warfare. But Adam. You have a you prepared a teaching. I love it. I I got to preview it. Um, But tell us real quickly, this relates to not only your understanding and your research, but your ministry work that you do on a weekly basis. So you're you are going to weave weave that in for all of our our spirit world listeners, correct?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. That's why I chose these particular titles to explore
1: okay go right ahead and folks start dialing but you'll have to you know you get to listen live but we want to we have usually have full phone lines so we need you to call in 877-757-9424 and you can ask a question about our lady under a specific title how it relates to spiritual warfare anything of uh, in that of that in that vein or of that nature so please start dialing adam take it away
2: so deb one of the things that i encounter just about every week is somebody calling in at the diocese and and they're concerned about some spiritual problem and they'll say you know what's the special prayer that i can say in this situation that will resolve it or i heard that this special prayer that this saint said or this exorcist said in a podcast that is the one prayer that is going to resolve this problem and that's really kind of an error in the way we we approach prayer on one level Treating it like a magical ritual, that if I say these particular set of words, well, that'll force God to respond and then my problem will go away. Whereas I think the the deeper understanding of prayer that we have, you know, from our deep Catholic Christian tradition is that the prayer and the sincerity of the prayer, the trust that's in the prayer is really most of it. I have seen people say prayers in an empty way where they're just saying the words and not only did it have no effect, but the demon actually said it along with them while wagging its finger at them as if to say, these are just noises with your mouth unless you're actually praying. And the deepest prayer, of course, and we don't have time for this today is the prayer from the heart, which is the most sincere, your spirit praying in a sense. and so. We want to keep that in mind as we explore these things, that God is not a machine that if we hit the right button, then we get what we want. We need to be developing the spiritual life. OK, so we've m- mentioned a number of times on the show that the rosary, in my experience, uh, in Padre Pio's experience, which is much more important than mine, and a lot of other other people have found that the rosary is the best spiritual warfare prayer that we have. Uh, if nothing else, you can just say your rosary with an intention of addressing whatever issue you're struggling with. The rosary doesn't have to be said with the mysteries. It can be said in any way that you want. It's not a fixed uh, thing that has a rubric where it has to be said a a particular way. Okay. Now, before we jump into the two titles we're going to explore, just to remind people, we have 54 different titles of Mary that are listed in the Litany of Loreto and that is the Litany of Mary, and it, it basically asks for her prayers under 54 different titles. In addition to those titles, which were formalized, that litany was formalized quite a while ago, there are more di- uh, recent additions that have come through different apparitions of Mary or inspirations that have come. But just to put it in context, we have many titles of Mary, so we're just going to explore two today. So the first off, a lot of people have heard of Our Lady Undoer of Knots, and that's partly because Pope Francis since he became pope has been promoting this particular title of Mary. It was it's been around for a long time, but it's really come into the awareness of a lot of people around the world because of Pope Francis. So Our Lady Undoer of Knots was first inspired by St. Irenaeus in 202. Uh, the year 202 after Jesus died, he was meditating on the parallel between Adam and Jesus. Adam, you know, being Adam and Jesus being a new Adam in a sense. He also noted a parallel between Eve and Mary, Eve having fallen and Mary being the new Eve, which is one way people have referred to her. So St. Irenaeus recorded, we have this sentence from him recorded, Eve, by her disobedience, tied the knot of disgrace for the human race, whereas Mary, by her obedience, undid it. So this is the original, the beginning of this idea of Mary undoer of knots. Then around 1700, there was a painting done that was inspired by his reflection, by St. Irenaeus's reflection back in 202. And that was painted in Germany, and it's been hanging in a Catholic pilgrimage church, Church, St. Peter M. Perlach in Bavaria, Germany, ever since. And a lot of people go there to see that painting that was based on that first reflection. Since Pope Francis came in, he's promoted this devotion a lot. He even crowned a copy of Mary Undoer of Knotts, a statue of Mary Undoer of Knotts in the Vatican Gardens in 2021. A lot of people probably aren't aware of that. So what is this devotion about? It's about When we turn to Mary for help, when we have personal or relationship life problems that seem to be unresolvable, that we've tried to resolve and we're just struggling and we're not getting anywhere with them, and they seem to be tied up tight, as if tied in knots that we can't undo. These could be family issues, personal addictions, unemployment, uh, fear of violence, and any number of things. Now, how do we pray to Mary? undoer of knots there's a specific litany of mary undoer of knots that we can go to if we wish and that's that, that's um, i'm sorry novena there's so there's a novena to mary undoer of knots that we can go to and we'll put a link to that um we'll put a link to that up on our facebook page for people there's a good copy of that on, on ascensionpress.com so that's one way and that's a novena over a number of days with a particular intention of what we're struggling with another way is to as we say the Rosary, have an intention of addressing Mary under that title. As we say the Rosary, but you know the the most kind of standard and the one most people use is, is the Novena. Okay, all that being said, Deb, what you said at the beginning is true. I, I current We have a current case going on where the person has been struggling. Uh, they initially struggled a lot with their issues about Mary and the role of Mary in the spiritual life and in Christianity, and, and those have been resolved, but they've been turning to Mary on door of Knots in terms of their family issues that have, you know, um, been a real challenge for them, and they're seeing tremendous progress with those issues. So when people are going through spiritual warfare, in particular, I see that they have issues with doubt, they have issues with distrusting God because they've kind of felt like they've asked God for help and they're still suffering. People that despair eventually and they're struggling with despair and just giving up. People that have fear of the spiritual warfare, or the problems that they're going that they're going through. Mary Undoordnats has helped many people under, you know, Mary has helped many people under that title with these personal aspects of spiritual warfare. Because spiritual warfare isn't just about saying prayers, it's about where I am at psychologically and emotionally in my relationship with God as I'm going through uh, spiritual warfare and doing things. So again Our Lady Undoer of Knots, there is a novena that we'll put a link to for people that they can do over a, a number of days with a particular intention of whatever you're struggling with. Okay. Our Lady of Sorrows is the other one that I wanted to touch on today. And that is, um, the feast day of that is September 15th, which is the day after the Feast of the Holy Cross. And that's on purpose, the church put it there because it's such a close association. So Our Lady of Sorrows was first referenced by Simeon when when Simeon told Mary in the temple in Luke 2, 35, you yourself a sword will pierce. Um, this was the first sorrow of Mary that they were bringing Jesus to the temple, you know, to go through the proper rituals, the Jewish rituals at the time. And Simeon basically said, you're going to be pierced with a sword. Your heart will be pierced with a sword. And, and that, you know, uh, that was the first kind of scriptural reference to her sorrows that were coming. Of course, you know, when he was crucified and all the suffering he went through. The devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows, really in terms of within the life of the church Um, after Jesus was written down by St. Anselm, who was a doctor of the church in the early 12th century, and he kind of started to formalize a devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. By the 14th century, so the 1300s, seven sorrows of Mary were associated with the feast day. So initially it was just that scriptural reference to Simeon saying you're going to suffer greatly because You know, he was foreseeing the suffering that she would go through. But by the 14th century, it was expanded into that prediction of her sorrow in the temple, the flight into Egypt, losing Jesus for three days in the temple, encountering Jesus as as he's carrying the cross, standing at the foot of the cross, receiving his body as it's taken down from the cross and watching his burial. So those are the sorrows of Mary that were expanded in the 14th century. Also in the 14th century, after the church kind of expanded those, Mary visited St. Bridget of Sweden. Now here's where it gets very specific and important, Deb. A lot of people have heard of Our Lady of Sorrows, but they don't know the specifics of the promise. Those who say seven Hail Marys daily while meditating on her sorrows that we just went over would receive her help in a number of ways. And here's the promises. Hopefully we'll, we'll get to these before the music starts. She'll grant peace to their families. They'll be enlightened about the divine mysteries. She will console them in their pains and accompany them in her in their work. She will give them as much as they ask for as long as it doesn't oppose her son's will or the sanctification of their souls. Will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy and will protect them at every instant of their lives. And that's the big one for spiritual warfare. It's the one title of Mary that promises her protection against the infernal enemy in our spiritual battles. She will visibly help them at the moment of their death, and they will see the face of their mother at that time. And she also told St. Bridget, I have obtained this grace from my son, that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and sorrows will be taken directly from this earthly life to earthly happiness, since all their sins will be forgiven and my son will be their their eternal consolation and joy. So I know that's a big mouthful. Um, Is there any part you wanna amplify on, Deb?
1: Well, I love that you picked uh, St. Bridget of Sweden. Um, I wanna pick up on the other side of the break. You hear the uh, music, Adam. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the promises, at how we enter in with our intentions, the how effective that is. Um, let's talk about that on the other side of the break. If you want to call in, please do so right now at 877-757-9424. We're talking about Mary's role in spiritual warfare today on The Spirit World. Please stay with us. Better yet. Call us. And uh, oh, wait, Adam mentioned this. I got to mention this too. Go to Facebook. Like us there. We're trying to grow the family at the Spirit World Podcast.
3: claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Brusord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
1: Stand Tall is now offering advanced group coaching sessions with master coaches highly trained in life skills. Visit StandTallToday.com and register for one of our upcoming group coaching events. These virtual opportunities are designed to take you to the next level of life in your relationships, career, faith walk, and so much more. Space is limited. Hurry to StandTallToday.com and sign up for one of our advanced group coaching sessions standtalltoday.com
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show call 877 Or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: We're so glad you're with us on The Spirit World. I'm Debbie Giorgiani with co-host Adam Bly and you, because you are lighting up the phones. That's great. There are so many moving parts to this show, Adam, and it goes so quickly that I'm trying to keep everything, um, you know, with a nice, a steady pace. So we'll, we'll get to the phones in a moment. So Christina, Claire, and the others, hang on. Don't go anywhere. Um, Adam, uh, you shared that you we were going to be posting the links on our Facebook page. So I shared with um, The Spirit World listeners that they can go to to facebook like us at the spirit world podcast and pick up those links right there also adam I, I shared that i absolutely love that you brought in saint bridget of sweden i absolutely love her um and i, I wanted you to pick up a little bit but tell us um how much uh, more you want to share before we go to the phones I, I just want to give our listeners a chance to call in and, and get ready
2: yeah, I, I agree with you. St. Bridget of Sweden is a, is a great saint to mm-hmm. look into. Um, and I guess I would, the the final thing I would say, Deb, we kind of quickly went through the history of just two of Mary's titles and some of the things associated with them. And I just wanted to to encourage people that, you know, as you explore your relationship with Mary, there are many other titles and many other aspects of her and, you know, that are, that are, shown in Scripture and that people have tapped into down through the centuries. So don't feel that you just have to stop there. You can explore novenas and litanies connected with other titles of Mary and look at the devotions that have come forward from those. And there are promises connected with other titles, too. Um, So it's a beautiful treasury that our church has given us down through, you know, so many centuries of development that the Holy Spirit has brought forward. Um, So don't stop there. This is just a primer to uh, Mm -hmm. start to deepen your relationship with Mary and all of her aspects. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you want to uh, uh, get into a little bit about our our, um, disposition and what we are to um, think about and expect? Because I I think sometimes people will go into these devotions or this understanding of the promises that are associated with it and then they think do I have to do this to get that do I have to make sure I show up at just the right time with the with the right uh, frame of mind or I'm not going to receive um, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that Adam because I want to bring I want to give people some a, a sense of peace and hope and and joy as we as we live as we live our faith you know it, it really should be something that just like how we breathe we breathe then we breathe out it's it's something that is part of our being rather than something we're doing to get
2: yeah deb you're you're hitting on really important points so there's two kind of extremes that we can take and both can lead to can lead to problems and one is to treat it like it's a mechanistic thing like I need to push this button a thousand times and that's the thousandth time I push the button that's going to magically get me what I want. That is more of approaching life like a magician. You know, the magical approach to life is I do X, Y, and Z and I get this result, guaranteed. It's basically seeking to to uh, grab God and make him do what you want to do or grab the universe and making it do what you want to do. And of course we don't have the power to do that. Um, another way is is to say, you know, the other end where there's just intention and you're not really doing or saying anything in particular. That also, I think, can be an error. And what God gives us, and Jesus gave us in the Our Father, you know, he said, when you pray, pray this way. He gave us particular words, but they're not words that, again, are a magical incantation. They are words to the Father that are important, and they guide us, and they form our interior as we're praying. So the words do matter. But you don't want to take it to the extreme where it has no heart, or no intent behind it. And you think that the words alone are what kind of change things and make God respond. There's a lot of mystery here in the depths of prayer and understanding what prayer is, but it is not a magical incantation. But yes, you need to do these things with sincerity, with heart. And, and the biggest thing I see, Deb, in my work is the people that, that falter with trust, particularly when they've had trouble um, faltering in the trust of Jesus. And, and there's, there's a bit in there uh, in Mary's promises that she gave to St. Bridget that is super important when she says, you know, I will give you what you ask for as long as it doesn't oppose my son's will or the sanctification of your soul. Those are two qualifiers that are really important, but they're beautiful. We can't ask Mary to do something against her son's will or to grant us a favor against her son's will. Of course, she's not going to do that. And if it's kind of going to hurt us spiritually. We could pray to win the lottery, but for most of us, if we won the lottery, it would probably lead to a lot of indulgence, destruction, self-destruction, probably sin, all kinds of troubles. It wouldn't be good for the sanctification of our soul. So those qualifiers are really important when, when you're looking at the prayer life.
1: That's good stuff. We need to hear it. Anything else you want to share with us before we move to the phones?
2: No, that's great.
1: Okay, and we can go back to the the, lit, the litany, the the titles, um, and how it also uh, enters in when there's um, the solemn rite of exorcism, Adam. We also want to talk about Our Lady's role there um, as well for our Spirit World listeners. So let's get to that, too. Um, save time at the end of, of this episode, if you can, to, to share some of the... Um, some of the experiences you've had being a coach at, what, over a 1,000 exorcisms?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Wow, that's a lot. How many years have you been doing this again?
2: Uh, about 17 years. 17 years? Yeah, about.
1: Oh, that that you're very dedicated thank you thank you for the the work that you do that's amazing we do have um, some uh, open phone lines we had a couple that have dropped so you can go ahead and call in right now 877-757-9424 if you want to ask about our lady's role in spiritual warfare uh, now is the time to do it don't wait any longer there goes the phone lines again 877-757-9424 like us on facebook we'll post all the links there there and some more additional devotions there, um, on this, um, the spirit world podcast. If you want to email us to, uh, next week is our open forum show. And then we have our mailbag our monthly mailbag show. Uh, you can email us TSW at GRNonline.com. Okay. So let's go to the phones. Christina is first up in Savannah, Georgia, listening on EWTN online. Hello, Christina. Welcome to the spirit world. Hey, how
4: are you? Um, you can hear me okay?
1: Yes, just fine. You okay. go right ahead.
4: Okay, um, well, actually, uh, um, I I thought that maybe you could give me a little insight because um, I did have, um, I definitely felt like it was um, like spiritual warfare or spiritual battle. Um, I didn't understand everything that occurred but I definitely had a sense of it. And um, I have a small chapel that's at the church, like it's separate from the church. And I've been trying to go there to do a rosary. And, um, and I'm new, I'm fairly new back to returning back to um, the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, so this was just last week. And, and lo and behold, I'll usually look up a rosary to do while I'm there you know, to help, help uh, go along with it. And the one that was chosen for me that last week was Our Lady of Sorrows. And I did that, uh, rosary. Um, but anyways, I, I just felt so strongly. I've been praying for my son. He's battling with alcoholism, depression, um, suicide. Um, and, uh, he's just been on my heart and I just went in and I just felt, Every time I get a rosary, something it goes missing, something happens to it. and of course, that day the crucifix came off of it, and it just like it just like something just kept trying to stop me from going in. oh, no, you can't go in and do the rosary and I went in and did did the rosary um strongly just feeling like I was in battle for my son, and I have felt like that for a long time, but um. That next morning I felt he, he lives in um, Nashville. I felt like the Lord laid on my heart um, or Our lady you know to find him a church, which i I called the diocese in Nashville and they found they found one that he could walk to um and it's two point it's point two miles from his house um and I got the time for Eucharistic adoration and all of that. And then then I hung up and sent him the info, not knowing if he would even step in that church. but I just gave it to him. And then my son in law called me like five minutes later. And he is not Catholic. And he just said, you know, um, uh, Miss Christina, I, I had a dream and um, you were in some kind of battle and and she's there and you were you were speaking these words. Against the enemy. Um, and he's here, and I, I don't know what it means, but it, it's an I word, um, which it was incarnation. And which I do, since a child, I do say the words, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the priest had told me, I must have been eight or nine years old. Um, and I have no idea. I, I didn't even know that. I just always said that anytime I'm scared or I feel like I'm battling something, or or I just feel just, I, I just say, I say those words. And then um, when he told me that, I, I went back to the, the church that they told me my son could walk to, and it is the Cathedral of the Incarnation. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so strongly that the enemy did not want me doing that rosary, did not want me um, asking Our Lady to help me in this situation. And, and I don't know much about, I just always said those words ever since I was a kid. Um, so I I just thought I'd share that and see if there's just any insight to that or if there was anything. You know, I, I felt strongly that she was there um, praying okay. for me.
2: Yeah, Christina, that's, that's all wonderful and beautiful. You know, you were given a... Particular relationship with those words, um, you know, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, which is which is a moment uh, where we we either bow or actually genuflect during those words d- during different rites of the church. It's it's an incredibly important word that points to the incarnation. Um, so that is great and and wonderful and by providence, you know, that church was under the same name that's reflective of of that. And I would just take that as an encouragement. Um, you know, you brought up spiritual warfare and the losing the rosary or the the cross falling off of it, the crucifix falling off. Um, don't worry about those things. I, I see all the time people tend to get flustered by very little things and I'm not saying you're, you're bad or I'm not picking on you. Um, People in general, they they will get flustered by little things and give the enemy too much credit and too much airtime, so to speak, and then spend their time worrying more about the enemy than focusing on their prayer. Um, just let that roll off your back and just keep going. And if you lose your rosary, fine, use your fingers. Um, you know, there's, there's any number, and usually in most churches, there'll be some rosaries at the back on a shelf somewhere anyway. Don't let that bother you. Don't let that dissuade you um, let go of all that anxiety, you know, that, oh, the enemy, you know, doesn't want me praying for my son. Well, uh- Of course he doesn't. We know that for sure because prayer is powerful and the prayer of a mother for her son is, is particularly Mm -hmm. powerful. So I, I wouldn't let that slow you down. What do you think?
1: I, I completely agree. And I was just going to jump in and say that Christina, um, the, the prayers of a mother are very, very powerful. Um, so can, may I ask, I put you and your whole family and your son in our prayer book, can you share with us how you're all doing today?
4: Um i mean we 're just i uh, 'm um, uh, we 're in a battle he 's in a battle, okay, and I will continue praying for him yeah
1: yeah, and i don 't believe there 's any accident christina i I'm, I'm, I really mean this in my personal opinion in my life, and in my spiritual life. When we are doing um, with, uh, God's will with the right intention, all of heaven is helping us. Tap into that, Christina. You've got heavenly support uh, from the other side of the veil. I personally believe that. So stay stay focused, stay intentional, um, maybe add some fasting. What do you think about fasting for her son? It doesn't have to be fasting from food, Adam, but fasting, you know, it, Bring a well-rounded, comprehensive um, uh, prayer routine around your son, Christina. As his mother, you will. In my in my humble opinion, I've seen a tremendous amount of forward movement in a positive direction when parents step in and really do that hard prayer work for their children. What do you mm-hmm. say, Adam?
2: Yeah, an adoration is is really important. Just sit in adoration and have a, a talk with Jesus. Just in your own words, from your heart. You know, you don't have to say it out loud. It can just be in your mind. And and then, Christina, consider doing the novena to Our Lady of an Undoer of Knots that we mentioned earlier. We'll put a link to that on the Facebook page. You can grab that there um, and then go through that novena for your son, and that might be a really um, wonderful... Um, kind of process to go through for you too.
1: Tim's on top of it he's already putting the links on Facebook as fast as where you're announcing them so that's that's fabulous okay Christina we're gonna let you go there and 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 keep us posted about your your son and um we we really wish for you a beautiful new year Christina thank you for calling um Okay. Thank you. God bless you. You can always email us too at tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, Christina just freed a phone line there. If you'd like to jump in, you'll have plenty of time. We hopefully will get to all the calls today. You hear the music on the other side of the break. Uh, we'll start with Claire and Christopher and Bill and the others. So please dial this number eight seven seven seven, five, seven, nine, four, two, four. You can also make comments to us for our upcoming open forum and mailbag show on this, um, uh, on Facebook at the spirit world podcast. So there's always ways to get in touch with us. So please, um, please do so. We, we value that and we love the participation. We're journeying together here on the spirit world. Stay with us.
5: Mike and Alicia Hernan with the Messy Family Minute.
3: St. John Paul
5: II tells us that family is the school of virtue, but for many parents, it feels like a school of warfare. Siblings, no matter what the age, tend to have conflicts with each other over an endless number of issues. We're here to tell you, first of all, even though it feels like your children will never get along, they can be best friends someday. The fighting doesn't last forever, but you will need to be proactive in developing strong ties between siblings. First of all, give them the tools they need to resolve conflict. That means teaching them how to listen to others, how to ask forgiveness, and how to take responsibility for their own actions. Second, resist rushing in to solve every conflict for them. They need to learn how to figure things out for themselves. And last, keep perspective. These children will be in relationship with each other for a long time. And if they aren't getting along when they are four or six, don't lose heart. They will have years to figure it out with your guidance. For more resources and ideas on resolve a conflict with kids, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss. You want to improve your health or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com.
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: 54 titles for Our Our Lady. And Adam, you focused actually on on Lady Undoer of Knots and Our Lady of Sorrows, and there's so many more, which is so interesting. We're going to have to do um uh, shows i think we should do a show um almost once a month on our lady uh, for the rest of this year so we can really explore all the different um the, the different angles and the different uh, importance that our lady plays, um, in our, in our roles, depending on where we're, what, what we're doing in life. Right. So, mm-hmm. so we can always relate to our spiritual mom. I love that. Um, but Adam, um, we've got Christopher who's coming up shortly about the Brigitine um, rosary. So we're going to be talking about that. The, the sixth, um, um six decade rosary so we'll talk about that christopher hang on because claire got in right before you listening on the guadalupe radio network app
6: hi claire welcome to the show hi can you hear me yes we can go right ahead okay yes because i'm hearing you guys with kind of like an echoing effect like i'm hearing you double so i'll just go ahead and talk
1: Okay. We're sorry about that, but if it's okay, we can hear you perfectly. So go go right ahead and ask your question or comment.
6: Okay. I had started the process a couple years uh, back to uh, to um, have some prayer said over me. There's a priest in our diocese who has like a very, like a deliverance prayer. I'm calling it that. I don't know if that's what he would call it. Uh, he has a healing ministry where they pray over people who, who he, um, like maybe are being oppressed or, you know, something like that. And that's what I was struggling with, like some oppressive thoughts uh, over several, a long period of years and other things. And so I had, you know, I started off the process and I had some interviews with him where he was talking to me about it. Um, and then I even met with his team. It was a lady that kind of helps him, And um, I, I don't know that she does any of the praying, but, uh another priest that was in training you know and but then i heard one of your shows debbie where you were saying that it was dangerous to have people lay hands on you and i sort of backed off from the process Mm
4: -hmm.
6: so i wanted to know i'm kind of i'm still struggling so much with those same issues and i wanted to go back and have them pray over me but i i'm sort of skittish about it because of what i heard it made sense when you said it Mm -hmm. so
1: Mm -hmm. right well let me share, Claire, why 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 I said it and and maybe um and the understanding behind it because the 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 my co host, Adam Bly is the one who first introduced that um concept to me. Um but he has a reason behind it and Adam can you share with Claire the 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 backstory of that? of Of it's not about having priests lay hands on us and deliverance prayer, but if we have, um, you know, just regular friends or neighbors or somebody of that nature laying hands on us or actually touching us, they could be transferring their own spiritual uh, status, um, in essence, over to us in some way if we are open to that, and that 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 can be problematic. So, can you explain that in much better terms to Claire? Because I want her to feel at peace. And if she feels drawn to going back to that priest that she trusts, I, I I want her to feel that comfort and confidence.
2: Yeah, sure. So, so Claire, you know, the thing that we had said, it, it, it touches on the idea of authority and submit submitting to authority. So if I go to a priest friend and I say, you know, father, would you give me your blessing? When he gives me his blessing, even if he lays his hand on me, it's the church giving me the blessing because I'm asking him as a priest of the church of Jesus to give me that blessing. And so his particular um, spiritual baggage doesn't matter in that context because I'm asking him to do a priestly function. This is... uh, in in its most full form when we think of things like the Mass, you know, the validity of the Mass and the effect of the Mass is independent of the priest and their particular human weaknesses. Okay, so when I go to somebody who's acting as a minister of the Church, particularly if their hands are consecrated through um, being ordained a minister of the Church, I'm submitting to the Church. No problem there. Don't be afraid to do that, Claire. Um, Don't, you know, go ahead and go back for prayer, you know, from Father. The thing that I've seen that's problematic over the years, and I've seen many cases that have come from this, is people that will go to a group of lay people that they don't know usually. And even if you know people, you can't know everything, right? They go to a group of lay people that they don't know. Everybody's laying hands on them. Um, people get involved in starting to, you know, rebuke spirits and they're, they're addressing spirits and commanding them to leave. Um, and when you let somebody lay their hands on you and you're asking for prayer, you're submitting to their spiritual authority. So instead of father, that priest friend of mine, I go to Bob, who's not ordained at all. And I say, hey, Bob, would you pray over me for this issue? Well, now I'm submitting to Bob's authority. I'm not submitting to the church's authority because he's not representing the church in in a, in a formal way and that can lead to trouble. And I've seen it lead to trouble for people. Um, so not everybody is bad and has secret spiritual baggage, but if you're going to strangers, you need to be careful about that. And I would just encourage you to, to go to an ordained minister, you know, a priest or a deacon, just to be safe. It does, it's not going to always lead to problems when you go to lay people. And if you go to lay people, hey, it's fine. Pray for me. That's no problem. Intercede for me. But by laying hands on me, you're asserting your authority over me and I'm submitting, submitting to your authority. So I'm fine if you pray for me, but I don't let lay people lay hands on me because I want to mm-hmm. submit to Jesus and his church only.
1: Okay, so before Claire answers, uh, Claire, h- hang on for just a second, because we just had a, a, a follow-up question come in, um, in, in addition to that, kind of expanding it a, a little bit. What happens when we go to Mass or a retreat setting, Adam, and the, and the priest says, can everybody raise their hands and extend your hands over these, these people? We're going to do a, a group blessing. Is that Okay.
2: I would say that it is because in that sense, in that in that circumstance, you are being obedient to father and he's acting as a priest and he's giving you an instruction. And so at that point, I think the grace of being, you know, submitting to father in that context brings that protection because you're being obedient to a priest. Okay. And so I think that's different.
1: All right, but hold on a second. Then now, now let's take it back to Claire's case, okay? So Claire's going to this priest that she trusts. He's, he has a deliverance kind of prayer ministry. Now he probably designated a team that he has trained around him but that, that consists of of lay, lay people, and it sounds like Claire has encountered that. Um, mm-hmm. Now is that the same thing? Did those lay people, it, it kind of defers to the priest, it, it goes to the church. Does that work in that same line for Claire? I'm trying to get Claire mm-hmm. in a place where she feels it peace and confident that she can have these prayers done over her.
2: Yeah. When a priest is the key thing is a priest is supervising the setting and a priest is, is heading and directing what the prayer session is that that's what I think you need to look for. You know, this area, Deb and Claire, there's no like absolute hard rules, but experience is teaching us these things. So when you're going there and he's got his team and father is directing things, I think you're fine. Uh, and also Father has vetted them, and, you know, there's all kinds of formation that goes into bringing on those teams in most settings. Uh, most priests are pretty, pretty rigorous about that. So okay. all of that to say, I, I would go back to the press. To those prayers.
1: Okay. Did that bring clarity, um, Claire? And, I, and I'm sorry if there was any uh, confusion on that, but now that Adam explained it with the lay people praying over us that we don't know, you know, compared to an actual priest that is doing his, his work as an ordained minister, what do you say to that, Claire?
6: Oh, no, Debbie, you were very clear when you talked about it. I just kind of wanted, you know, I I heard it a long time ago, and I kind of wanted you to go over it again, and Mm -hmm. you you all were perfectly clear and helpful, and I just wanted to ask a real quick follow-up question. Um, There's several things that I'm going to see this priest about, but one of them is sort of like an attachment to a person, an incident that happened to me that was very painful, and traumatizing and it's been years already and i've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and it just feels unhealthy spiritually and so i've already talked to him about it but can adam give any or you give any advice like how i can pray for that on my own because i try very hard to stay in a state of grace i go to confession frequently i receive communion I pray as much as i can i do have ocd so praying is difficult for me Mm -hmm. but um i try my my best and it's still there the pain is still so you know i do feel god helping me and i guess i'm being impatient but i mean are there any other prayers you can do when there's it feels like there's a i don't want to call it something it isn't but like an attachment
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Claire. Mm-hmm. So so there can kind of be wounds when we've been traumatized or hurt by people in, in various ways, and those wounds can kind of stay with us. Um, there's not like a one single prayer. One thing that I found to be helpful in working in deliverance and exorcism is you try to forgive that person. And I know it's not, as humans, it's not easy for us, and, and we may not be able to fully forgive them. But Try to forgive them and ask Jesus to make up the rest of what you can't do in terms of forgiving them. Ask the Lord to forgive them and beg forgiveness for what they did and ask him to forgive them the rest of the way that maybe you can't yet at this point. Because, you know, the enemy holds on to the two sides of this coin. One is our sins and one is the sins of others. And if, and if we hold on to our sins, the enemy can hold on to us. And if we hold on to the wounds from other people's sins against us, He also can hold on to those. And so, you know, I understand, especially with the OCD, it's difficult for you. Can't just snap your fingers and be free of those memories. But again, try to forgive and ask Jesus to make up the rest. And then also work in therapy on, you know, the emotional and psychological aspects of this, because sometimes those can really be stuck points, too.
1: I completely agree Claire, um, to get a team around you to help you with all that, the thoughts and kind of those things that, that just keep going around and around. I, I can relate, Claire. I'm, 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 I can understand exactly what you're saying. The one thing I w- will say though, is what Adam shared about, we do our, our part and then ask Jesus to step in and he does the rest. That has been golden for me. And I, and I, Adam said it so eloquently, Claire, but the way I do it is I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give like this little pebble in the pond and you, Going to take care of the rest because I can't do it because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm feeling all the anger, all that kind of stuff, and the emotions and the memories and everything. And Claire, it's been wonderful, and and I will tell you that the pain, I have turned it around. It's a process, it's a daily process, but use that that pain to work for you rather than against you, and to advance you spiritually. Because um, if you can if you can get through it, if you can weather it, if you can stay faithful like you're doing, uh, the blessings I believe will flow on this side of the veil and also when you get uh, into eternity. So Claire, God bless you. I put you in the book. I'm going to be praying. So um, we've got your back in prayer, okay? Thank you, guys. I love you both, and keep up the great work. God bless you both. God bless you. Thank you. We love you, too, Claire. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Christopher is up next talking about the uh, St. Bridget um, 6 Decade Rosary, and Christopher is in Seattle, Washington on the iCatholic radio app. Hi, Christopher. Thanks for waiting, and welcome.
7: Hello. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Go right ahead.
7: Oh, um, I'm a big a devotee of Mary. I do the rosary. um, For years, I've done it every morning. But last week, I bought um, online a six-decade rosary. And I've kind of been reading up a little bit about uh, how to do it and what it's all about. And then your show comes on, and it's like perfect. So I would like to know how to do it it's six decades. I guess that there's also a seven decade. I've been reading a little bit about it. Um, I believe that it's, uh, Mary's sorrows, and then you can do it also for Mary's joys. And I wanted to do it, uh, for the sorrows through Lent. I don't have any information on it. Also, the, um, rosary looks so different than normal rosary. It has, uh, a medal where the crucifix is, it has a medal of St. Anthony. And then it has like two beads before it starts into the decades. Um, So that's, I'd just like to know more about it and get information on how to pray it. And uh, there's not a lot of information out there.
2: Okay, so yeah, there are a number of different kinds of um, specialty rosaries. That are designed around different devotional um, kind of themes that we can pray for. So um, you really need to look up whatever guide booklet or information for that rosary you need to look at whatever they publish connected to it. These aren't like um, rigidly defined things that the church has defined. These are more private devotional prayers that can take many different forms. You know, so monastic rosaries can be, you know, many more decades than that. Um, and there's different themes to it. And and by the way, you can pick a theme yourself. You could pick mm-hmm. these are the three aspects or the five aspects um, of this particular scripture that I want to meditate on and, and, and be very specific about it. You're not locked into even the way that uh, this particular rosary is defined. You can start there, but then explore it and, and kind of follow the way God leads you in terms of your prayer life. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not locked mm-hmm. in.
1: Well, and I just want to say, Christopher, there are a lot of um, online sites, especially uh, they it revolves around the Carmelite ministries. And um, I, if if you can get jump on Facebook at the Spirit World podcast later today, I'll go through a couple that that describe the um, Bridgetine um, Crown Chaplet or six decade rosary and um, how to pray it, and some ideas on on how to meditate upon these different uh, mysteries and to enter into, like you said, Our Lady of Sorrows um, and Our Lady uh, of of Joys. And then also uh, St. Teresa of Avila is is brought in there. There's all sorts. I mean, St. Bridget of Sweden, it goes on and on. It's actually... There's more layers to it, Christopher, and I see why maybe you're not quite sure how exactly to do it. I don't, I agree, Adam. I don't think there's any right way to do this. Your intention is fabulous. I will tell you that because I've heard that Our Lady mm-hmm. of Sorrows brings many, many promises associated with it and blessings. So um, if you can jump on Facebook, I'll post something there. Okay, Christopher?
7: That's absolutely great. That's exactly what I was looking for. Also, this. The rosary is a vintage one, so it has no information with it. It's, Mm. uh, you know, I I have no idea. I haven't received it yet. Um, Okay. So it's just kind of on its own.
1: Okay. Have it blessed too, please by a priest. Would you do that? Pardon? Have it blessed when you get the rosary?
7: I will. Now, what happens if it's already been blessed? That's fine. It's
1: It's fine. It's okay. Yeah.
7: Okay, you know, definitely, and we'll have it blessed. You can have it blessed again.
1: Yeah, yeah. because I, I've had things blessed again. Yeah, definitely, Christopher. Okay, so we'll be in touch on Facebook. Thank you so much. We're trying to rush to get Mar- um, Margaret in. I think I have. Let me just check with Tim. I have, like, two minutes. Margaret in Syracuse, New York, on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the show.
6: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I know you guys are uh, quick on time, so I just had a question when you were saying, Not that lay people shouldn't, you know, lay hands on other people, et cetera, and say prayers. I was just wondering, because I've always heard that uh, parents should bless their children. So, through at night, I would always say to my children, give Mm -hmm. them a blessing, lay my hands on their forehead, Mm -hmm. and, and ask the Blessed Mother to watch over them, keep them safe. And and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that that was okay. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, (laughs) Oh, yes. I did that all the time. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: so, So as a parent, Margaret, you have a particular ministry given to you by God, that is to get your children to heaven. And you know, within the sacrament of marriage, you know, there, there is a, there is a ministry there and you have a baptismal priesthood, which we've, we've talked about before uh, a little bit. So you, through your baptism, you do have a form of a priesthood. It's not the same as, as your hands being consecrated in ordination, but because you have a ministry of parenthood, you do have authority over your children before they reach the age of reason. You have complete authority to choose for them, which is why you can baptize a baby without asking, its permission obviously they wouldn't be able to respond anyway but you have that complete authority till they reach the age of reason which is usually seven years old and even after that you have a lot of authority to bless them so parents don't be afraid to lay hands on your children and pray for them in various ways and if I could just super quick Deb, but we had a priest right in uh, and and Reiterate what we had said on the air that when there's lay members of the priest team that are under his direction, that's fine. That's a different thing because mm-hmm. they're working in obedience to the that's church. Right. Mm-hmm. And generally, those lay teams are not giving direct commands to the demon, they are doing intercessory prayers, essentially, Jesus, please, please free this person, which is a different wow. type of prayer.
1: Wow. Oh. Fantastic. We're so glad we had our, our priests uh, weigh in on this. Margaret, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. Mary Jo, we're not going to get to you. Bill, we're going to make a promise to you next week is our open forum show and bill was was waiting so patiently to talk about the blessed mother and praying to the blessed mother and 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 was struggling with some issues on that bill we're going to ask you to call back next week it's an open forum we'll put you to the front of the line okay we promise you that we we just let carol and uh libby know that the bill gets to the front of the line thanks you guys you did a great job thank you carol thank you libby thank you tim our producer And this is uh, for Adam Bly. I'm Debbie Georgiani. Until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.